0: Iowa, the Hawkeye State. 56,272 square miles, home to over 3.2 million people with 500,000 students across 3,400 schools. Known for its universities, state fairs, cornfields, and Scotcheroos. Some may ask, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. What if Iowa became more? In the middle of a world in war, where riots and unrest fill the street, where disease and sickness run rapid, where sin is celebrated and the word is persecuted. What if Iowa became more? What if we became a state that is unconventional? Unconventional in speech and unconventional in action. Would it change camp, convention, fine arts? Would it change our schools, our family, our lives? could it actually change our state this country could we change the world the need is urgent the workers are few and the time is now never forget an unconventional anointing comes with an unconventional mission you see jesus commanded us therefore go and make disciples of all nations our mission is unconventional This is why we cannot be conventional. We cannot be normal or repetitive. We cannot continue to do what we have always done and expect different results. The time is now. The need is now. The mission is now. But how? How do we change the world? By normalizing the impossible. By setting an example in speech, love, conduct, and truth by becoming more. In Iowa, we are more. We are more than summer camps and fall convention. We are more than just fine arts and Wednesday night youth. We are more than spiritual lostness and religious correctness. We are more than division and racial injustice. We are more than pain and brokenness. We are more than anxiety, fear, and depression. For we are more than conquerors. We are the unconventional generation, and we are. student ministries.
1: That challenge was given to our youth at youth convention last weekend and I thought it was just too good for us not to see it here this morning and to say God's raising an army of young people across our state that's going to change our world and that challenge ought to be one that we embrace as well. What if we decided that we would be unconventional and seek an unconventional anointing for an unconventional mission? We just might change the world. Would you give our youth department a round of applause this morning? We try to get our students in the word as well. We had, I don't know, a million kids here yesterday for junior Bible quiz, answering questions, and a great time was had by all trophies and and uh, it's a catechism program almost as they learn doctrine it was a phenomenal day yesterday and we also have a teen quiz program that my wife leads and students from across the area come together and study God's word and compete against each other as well and i'd like for you to give a big round of applause to JBQ and TBQ this morning We have just opened the door for Connect Group leaders to sign up. You can go to brianhub.com slash 411 and there'll be information there for you. You can do it in the lobby, it's available now. You should have gotten a text message. We'd love to get ready for our next round of Connect Groups that happens, I believe in January. The next round will start and we need leaders to do that. If you are not in a Connect Group, you're gonna miss out. You're gonna miss out on connections, on care, on mission. I've been really encouraged by hearing all of the things that are happening in the connect groups as far as mission and relationship and fellowship are happening. So please, if you're open to that, want more information, sign up, get a hold of us. We'd love to have you be a part of our connect groups in our, our first trimester of the coming year. Also reminder, this is Thanksgiving week. How many of you are thankful? How many of you are thankful that Christmas is not this week? Not quite ready, but there'll be no activities here on Wednesday night. No activities, I should say this, no scheduled intentional activities here on Wednesday night. You might show up and we'll see on the security cam, but that's as good as it's going to get. So nothing happening here on this Wednesday night, so write that down. And next week we start into Advent, and I believe God's going to give us a great season of celebrating the coming of Jesus into the world, looking forward to that day that he will come back again, amen, looking forward to that day. So let's, let's enjoy that together. Well, this morning we're gonna talk about Thanksgiving, what it means to be thankful. The title of my message is Eat Your Own Dog Food. Now, I don't wanna know, I really don't wanna know if you've ever sampled dog food. And I don't really wanna be invited to your house if you're serving it for Thanksgiving. Hopefully, none of you have ever had to do that. I had to do a little research and find out if you can eat that, and they say that dog food is not designed for a balanced human diet, hallelujah, but that it won't hurt you. So some of you this afternoon I know are going to go try that, and I want nothing to do with that at all. It's actually a business term that simply means this, if you're going to sell a product, you need to use the product. I was listening to a couple that have started a business. They've got five music stores that they run, and no one in their family knows how to play a single instrument. Well, they might be able to manage the business, but they're going to have to have somebody in there that eats the dog food, that knows how it works and how it happens. It's really about that. And the the theme or that idea, business idea, really started back a few years ago, two or three years ago in the 80s. You really are a little frozen this morning. I'll wait for you to thaw out. In the 80s with Lorne Green. How many remember Lorne Green? And the Alpo commercials. So this is where the idea started with these commercials. Okay, Danny, you get the stick,
2: you get your Alpo. That's a pretty good deal. Danny's a 14-year-old Alpo dog. That's like 98 to you and me. Oh yeah, you're beautiful. You know, Alpo's helped keep him healthy and happy for 14 years. Meat is a dog's natural food, and Alpo beef chunks dinner had lots of meat. Alpo's all a dog ever needs to eat. Maybe Danny's been around so long because uh, Alpo's been around so long, huh? What do you say, Danny?
1: The whole theme of that series of commercials was I feed Alpo to my dogs. Uh, we didn't feed Alpo to my dogs when I was growing up. We fed strong heart dog food. Any of you remember that? You'd shake it out of the can and it stood up. <laughs> nasty, nasty stuff. But I, I never was even tempted to try that. Beyond that, it's rumored that in his role as president of Calcan Dog Food, um, Clement Hirsch would step down from the podium at the annual business meeting of the shareholders. Walk over to the side, open a can of CalCan dog food and eat the can in front of the, not the can, but the stuff in the can, in front of the shareholders to show how good it was. And more recently, Mitch Felderhoff of Munster Milling went 30 days only eating his company's dog food. Now that to me is a little bit extreme. The idea really of eat your own dog food is that you're going to use the product and for us... If we're going to profess faith, how many agree that we need to live faith? Yeah. It needs to be something we own, something we do, not just something we talk about. Well, I began to think about that and wondered, not that I doubted it at all, but I know that Jesus practiced what he preached and he encouraged, taught us, exhorted us to be thankful. And I wondered, where was Jesus thankful In that sense, did he eat his own dog food? Did he live out what he professed? Well, I know he did. But it was interesting for me to look at those times where Jesus is specifically recorded as giving thanks. And as I read those verses where he gave thanks, God began to deal with my heart about some areas that you and I need to specifically and faithfully give thanks for. He gave thanks on five occasions, it's recorded in 12 different places, that he didn't just teach it, he lived that. So I want us to explore that for a little bit this morning. We're coming into Thanksgiving week and I hope that we will cultivate a mindset that's thankful. I mean, we know the epistles, we know the scriptures, in everything give thanks and for everything give thanks, that we're called to be thankful people. But Jesus modeled it for us in a unique way. And number one, when should we give thanks? I think we ought to give thanks in observing the ways of God. When we see God at work around us, we need to just stop and give thanks for the ways in which God works that are often just simply overlooked. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees of his day for their unbelief. And then he says this. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. He's rebuking cities that received miracle ministry and didn't respond, the religious people of the day that didn't respond. And I don't know how you would read that, but it's it's almost as though the human side of Jesus got a fresh revelation. Imagine what would happen if those who were religious got the insights. They would never come to truth. And there's this moment where he just stops and says, Father, I thank you that you didn't give this to hypocrites, that you don't give revelation to the proud and the arrogant and those that already know everything. Thank you for revealing this to the humble, to the babes, to those with childlike faith, for it seemed good to you. Now, I don't know how you read that, but there ought to be moments for you and I that we have that same kind of experience that you see something and just pause and give thanks to God. I was talking to my middle daughter who is um, back in school working toward a degree in another field, and as we were talking about this, she was saying, Dad, when you begin to look at biology and science, And the little bit of a tweak that would cause this whole thing to fall apart. How close and tightly it's knit together. How can you not see God? How can you not worship him? How can you not celebrate him? There ought to be times you just stop and say, God, thank you for what you've done. Is there anyone hearing me this morning? Thank you for your awesomeness. To just enjoy this world. We are living on the razor edge of a thread that without the protection and hand of God, we would surely cease to exist. I believe he looks at unbelief and marvels at those who do believe, standing in awe of how the Father works in our lives. Watch for the ways of God. You can see them if you watch for them. When was the last time you saw something and just thought, wow, God is so great? We just observed it around you. We get so busy with life, trying to make life happen and trying to make sure everything is taken care of and we're running from one thing to the other that we don't stop as it says to smell the roses, to enjoy the moment, to see the hand and glory of God. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs There are three things that are too amazing for me, four that I do not understand. Three things that are amazing to me, four things that I do not understand. Number one is the way of an eagle in the sky. Have you ever watched a bird fly? Have you ever watched an eagle? Anybody ever watch an eagle? Anybody know what an eagle is? They're cool to watch. And Solomon is saying, I was, I'm I'm reading into this. This is called Pilcher's Commentary. Someday I'm going to write one so you already have all the right answers. He just looks and it's like that eagle is just hovering up there without effort, effortlessly just riding the wind. Some years ago, Pastor Justin and I were out at camp And out at camp, they have an eagle's nest, a literal eagle's nest. It's really cool. I can take you there if you ever want to go. And you can, the way it's laid out down by the Des Moines River, you can walk out on this ridge and then it drops way off and then this large tree comes up and there's this massive nest that they add to. And at that time they were there, the little eaglets were inside and the mother and father eagles were gone. They're out soaring around and you could, you could get out there and almost at eye level see these little eaglets in there. And I thought, we're standing there and that's the coolest thing ever. And then Justin noticed um, one of them's headed back this way and I said, we're too close to the nest, let's get out of here. And he goes running for his life, crashing down the hill. And I just sat down behind behind a tree. (laughs) He said, why didn't you run? I said, because it's going to be after you, son. It's going to chase you down. I don't even have to outrun you. The way of an eagle on the wind, it just rides there. Stop. Take a moment and say, God, that is so incredible. Is anybody hearing me this morning? I feel like it's falling off the end of the platform. That we just get a moment of wonder at God and nature. He also talks about the way of a snake on a rock. <laughs> Some of you have never taken time to ponder that because you're too busy screaming, running, hoping the eagle will get the snake. I used to catch snakes as a kid. They were fun to do, little garter snakes and such. And I think they're a cool animal. God created them. And I know we have the story in Genesis and how evil and all that. But just take for a moment, think about a snake on a rock. It doesn't have arms or legs. And however smooth that rock is, it just can still move. And Solomon sees even in that the wonder, to just pause and say, God, that's amazing. How you've created things to move. That's phenomenal. Then he also talks about the way of a ship on the high seas. I would add to that a plane in the air. How does that boat with all that weight stay above water? How does that plane with all that weight stay in the air? And Solomon just looks at that with awe. And then he says, and also the way of a man with a maiden. In other words, a young couple in love. It's been said by some sociologists that women are the civilizing influence on men. But have you ever watched a young couple when they first fall in love? You haven't. (laughs) Let me tell you, it's more amazing than a snake on a rock. I'm just telling you. It's phenomenal to watch. All of a sudden, everything changes. Tough macho guys become softened and there's, a, there's something cultivated in them as they respond to a female that they've fallen in love with he's just, he's in this moment now we've been in Ecclesiastes where everything is bad, empty and vain but in this moment he looks around and he's overwhelmed with awe just seeing God would you stop, take a moment, look for something and say God it's wonderful how this all works, how the rain falls from the clouds how how the river flows on its way to the sea on and on and on it goes if you'll just take a moment to stand in awe of what God has created where do you see the ways of God in a sunrise in a sunset in the balance of life on earth in the birth of a child in kindness in the midst of harshness somewhere this week, would you somewhere determine I'm going to give thanks for the ways of God, the way that they work? I read about an eight year old boy that was in a car with his mom sitting in the back seat. And as they're driving along out of nowhere, the eight year old boy says, Mom, <laughs> do you want me to throw the confetti in my pocket? <laughs> and she says, No, not in the car. And why do you have confetti in your pocket? The year old boy said, it's my emergency confetti. I carry it everywhere in case there's good news. (laughs) Oh, somebody help me right now. Man, you need to have some emergency praise. Come on. You need to have some praise in your pocket, just in case I happen to see something today that's exciting, that's thrilling, that's the hand of God. I wanna be ready to just give God praise. And I thought about having some confetti cannons and shooting them off this morning, just to create some energy. And uh, 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 the energy would have been created Monday when Ron let me clean it up. (laughs) Emergency praise in your pocket, are you ready? Are you ready? I I just have to tell you this. I know that some of you, how many of you already have your Christmas tree up? How many of you don't put up a Christmas tree? Okay, and how many of you will put yours up the day after Thanksgiving? How many of you will put it up sometime? (laughs) I'm gonna need a chair. We're gonna be here a while (laughs) at this rate. Well, because of our schedule, we did things a little bit early this year and Avery was gonna be at our house and Avery's a social butterfly. She's all, everything is social in her world. And I I came in the house and Carol has all the stuff out and she and Avery are gonna decorate our family room and Avery is sitting there in a recliner just rubbing her hands saying, this is so exciting. (laughs) And I'm thinking this is so much work. Wouldn't it be wonderful to just sometime look at life, sit back in the chair, and say, oh God, this is so exciting. I've got some praise in my pocket, and if you give me half a reason, I'm going to throw it in the air and magnify you. Jesus gave thanks when he saw the ways in which God the Father works in this World, And I'll tell you what that will do, when you have a thankful heart at the ways of God, it will also bring to you greater revelation when you give thanks for the ways of God. I read in the Gospel of Luke that there were two disciples walking along, uh, the, the, uh, lo- walking along the Emmaus Road. They're talking about this, this, this prophet Jesus that died, um, was crucified, and they don't understand it. And another man walks up alongside them and begins to talk to them. They don't know who he is. They've not met him before. And he's explaining to them that that man that died was a Messiah and he had to die and all that would be in that. And they're talking about that and their hearts are warmed as they walk along the way. And they come to the house and the man decides that he's just gonna go on his journey. And the two disciples Of Jesus say would you stay with us for a while we don't we don't want you to leave yet we don't want you to go they begged him to stay they wanted to hear more now watch so he comes into the house they sit down at the table they've been walking along the way when he was at the table with them this man that they didn't recognize took bread and gave thanks broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. It was Jesus. And he disappeared out of their sight. It wasn't until somebody, listen to me, it wasn't until there was the giving of thanks that they were able to see Jesus pondering redemption, pondering the crucifixion, pondering the great theological ideas that were displayed right in front of them didn't help them see Jesus. But when they sat at the table and broke bread with him and he gave thanks, in a moment of thanksgiving, their eyes were opened and they saw him. Whoo, I feel like shouting right now. When you are thankful, when you have a thankful heart, you'll see things in the ways of God that you'll never see any other way. Giving thanks in times of observing the ways of God. Second, you need to give thanks if you ever want to operate in the supernatural, operating in spiritual gifts. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 36, and in the other gospels, we have the accounts of Jesus feeding the five thousand and feeding the four thousand, and they're phenomenal stories that take place in front of us. In Matthew 15, verse 36, it says this He took seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, what did Jesus do first? He gave thanks. And when he gave thanks, he broke the bread, gave it to the disciples. They gave to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketful of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate were about 4,000. Then you read again in John chapter 6. Jesus said, make the men sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place. They sat in groups. And Jesus then took the loaves and gave Thanks. He distributed those to the disciples. They distributed as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. In the feeding of the 4,000 and the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus gave thanks before the miracle happened. Jesus gave thanks for meager provisions. There wasn't enough, but he gave thanks before the answer came. Anybody can give thanks after everybody is fed. What would we do? Oh, dear God, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's, there's 5,000 people here and we don't have any food. And we'd enter into warfare. Oh, God, multiply. Oh, God, do something. Do a miracle. God, rapture me out of here. Oh, God, make them go away. What did Jesus do? In the face of impossible need, He did not intercede for an answer, he gave thanks for the moment. Because in your hour of great need, you're in the place where the power of God can be greatly manifested. You don't need a miracle when you have everything and God doesn't do sideshow tricks to entertain believers. But in that moment of need, he's not saying, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, Father, you, great God who created the world, you can multiply this bread and fish. Oh, God, I pray that the supernatural would happen. He didn't do any of that, did he? He gave thanks. And the moment that he gave thanks, (laughs) the provision multiplied. Mm, Boy, that's good. I hope you heard what I just said. Because in the moment that he gave thanks, The meager provision multiplied. If you're going to operate in the supernatural, you have to have a heart of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you for where we are. Thank you that you're the God of supply. And we come to you believing you that your glory will be revealed. I don't know what he prayed, but I do know that he gave thanks. And when he gave thanks, the provisions exploded. Where in your life are you experiencing poverty? Relationally, socially, at work, in your finances, somewhere where you feel like the blessing of God has dried up. Maybe it's in the middle of that moment that God is looking for you to give thanks so that He can expand. Your meager provisions. Jesus gave thanks and thousands were fed. In John chapter 11, you know the story of the death of Lazarus, how Jesus waited. For several days until Lazarus had died, and he says to everybody, you know, if you had believed, you'd see the glory of God. I'm glad, he says to the disciples, that I wasn't there. He died, and I'm going to show you things that will cause your faith to explode. I want you to see what's going to happen. And he goes to the tomb. Lazarus is dead. Jesus weeps. And then he tells them to take away the stone. (laughs) Lord, by now he stinks. Jesus looked up and said, when they rolled the stone away, Lazarus is still dead. And why are we told about him stinking? Because his body had started to decay, decompensate in. This is not possible. Come on, it's not possible. He didn't just have a heart attack and then came to himself. He's been dead so long that his body is decomposing. It smells horrible. Roll away the stone. And they roll away the stone. Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I curse the spirit of death. God, I command death to leave this room. God, I take authority over death. And he didn't. He said, I thank you that you have heard me. Oh, oh, do you know what that means? It means he'd already prayed this through. Remember, we talked about what it means to pray through. He'd already prayed this through. Why didn't he move when he first heard that Lazarus was sick because he was in communion with the Father. How could he say that the glory of God would be revealed? Because he'd been in communion with the Father. The warfare had already been done. The word had already been received. He had already heard from heaven. He already knew what the Father was going to do. So in that moment, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he called with a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. And he came forth. How did it start? It started the miracle, the supernatural, raising the dead in the moment was released when Jesus gave thanks, not for the power over death, but that the Father hears me pray. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. Are you thankful that He hears you? <laughs> My pilgrimage as a pastor. It's not often, and I get it. You have to understand, it's an occupational hazard. People don't often tell me good things. They only tell me when they're drowning. I hear those, and that's okay. I'm not complaining about that. So I don't have people that come to me and say, "I I just want you to know, Pastor, that my prayer life is so amazing. God is just talking to me all the time. What I hear people say, God never speaks to me. God never talks to me. I don't don't pray anymore because God doesn't hear me. Well, I don't want to make you mad, but I do want to wake you up. When you say he doesn't hear you, you're a liar. I can think to say, you're a liar and you're impugning the nature of God. And you're saying that he doesn't do what he says he will do. Think about what you're saying when you say he doesn't hear me because he does hear us. The only way he doesn't respond to you is if you're regarding or holding or bold and proud about living in sin. If you're bold and proud and arrogant about living in your sin, he's not responding to you. But if you're a child of God and you talk to him, he hears you. What would happen if instead of saying, God never hears me, we were to begin to say, thank you, God, that you always hear me brother I will I had to encourage myself in the Lord David did that so I thought I'd throw that in there I thank you that you hear me think about how your mindset changes God no one loves me no one ever listens to me God doesn't hear me you you stop it how about if you just start saying I thank God that he hears me Whether I feel it or not, I know he hears me because he is faithful. Let God be true and every man a liar. God is faithful. Thank you, God, that you hear me. If you're going to see the supernatural power of God, you have to develop a thankful heart. When you observe the ways of God, give thanks. And when you need to operate in the supernatural and spiritual gifts, give thanks. It releases the supernatural. There are times we need to be at war with the devil. But what enemy is greater than death? The last enemy to be defeated is death. So just maybe, maybe being thankful is more important than understanding warfare. Maybe that's where it all starts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying to not do warfare. I'm not dismissing any of that. But I just wonder what might happen in the supernatural realm if we didn't panic, if we didn't worry, if we didn't get all worked up, and we just learned how to give thanks. I know he hears me. What might that do? Third, the last occurrence of Jesus giving thanks. And this just got a hold of me in a whole new way. Oh, I'm working on this one, okay? So I think I'll just leave it out and we'll go on to... Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it. Gave it to his disciples saying... Take eat this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Now we we do communion, try to I mean we do, depending on calendar and schedule and such, once a month. On average, we'll do communion together, and we and I say that. And he gave thanks, let's give thanks. But sometimes you need to pause and think about what was going through his mind when he gave thanks. Yes, his body was broken, hallelujah! For that, it gives us wholeness, his blood was shed, hallelujah! For that, it gives us freedom. But I want you to pause. And think for a moment, as Jesus sat at that table and he broke that bread and gave thanks. Do you know what that moment meant? They were going to put a crown of thorns on his head and mock him. They were gonna tie him to a post and whip him. And people say, well, they only gave 39 stripes because that's all that the law allowed. Did you forget? A Jew did not whip him, a Roman whipped him. And they were skilled at whipping someone within inches of their life. With a cat of nine tails with bone and glass and and shards in there that would rip the skin and tore it. He knew in that moment what he was doing when he tore that bread. They're gonna rip the skin off of my body. Isaiah prophesies that they ripped his beard from his face, they nailed him to a cross and held him up. When he tore that bread, he knew exactly what that meant. And he didn't say, God, give me the ability to endure. He gave thanks. Are you kidding me? He gave thanks as he broke the bread for some blockheaded disciples that had no idea what was going on that would deny him, that would all scatter, that didn't appreciate him at all? <laughs> How many of you have ever been there? No one appreciates me. No one appreciates all that I do. Give thanks. That you are privileged by God to serve someone else, whether they get it or not. If you want to be used by God in ministry, get ready. Home group leader, don't expect everybody to send you roses. Expect somebody to get mad. Your house is too warm or too cold, or it smells like your dog. Come on, anybody hearing me right now? Why can't I park in the driveway? Why do they always get to drive park in the driveway? Ministering to students, I appreciate. uh, At the end of every Wednesday night, Pastor Nathan will say to the adults that are in here, "Make sure you thank a teacher," and um, that doesn't always happen. Grab the kids and go? Or get just a little irritated that they're not ready when I get to the counter? Does that ever happen? Oh, talk to our leaders. You'll find out what happens. People will criticize the simplest little things. Anyone hear me? I I hope I'm not offending you. I'm just telling you. My wife worked in the first church that we uh, were on staff. She was the custodian. Do you think anyone ever said thank you that 99% of this church is spick and span? No, it's, uh, there was a piece of paper there in the hallway. Do you want to go get that? You get it yourself, pagan. <laughs> Have you ever had this, one of these in your nose? You're about to. <laughs> what did Jesus do? He gave thanks, not for the appreciation. Oh, help me, Jesus. But for the privilege of being able to extend life to others, the privilege of serving. And it would cost him his life. You want a heart of thanksgiving? Oh, I'm so thankful. (laughs) I got a box of chocolates today. Oh, no, I'm so thankful I got a box of chocolates today and somebody bit the bottom off all of them. In that moment, he knew exactly. I just, it just burned in my heart this week that, wow. He wasn't even, for, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. I get that. I get that he endured it and despised the shame. He wasn't excited about that. But in that moment that he was the one who had to break the bread, he was the one that had to pour the wine. He was the one that had to serve it. And in that moment, he gave thanks to God that God could use him in such a profound way that would ultimately change lives. What would happen if we were satisfied if we're just satisfied that God gave us the opportunity to serve is anybody hearing me right now like I said I don't like this part let's pretend it didn't happen now should people express thanks to you oh yeah they should they should but Jesus did it when they didn't even understand what he was doing for them he gave thanks oh Oh, that'd be tough for me Thanksgiving empowers ministry. Can you give thanks for the price you may have to pay in order to serve? It'll keep you from bitterness and resentment. It'll keep you from frustration and anger. It'll put you in a place that God can use you and he will use you to set other people free. If you can give thanks. Jesus demonstrated The power of thanksgiving. Pastor Nathan, if you'd come. Jesus demonstrated the power of thanksgiving. I want to challenge you to become thankful. To observe the ways of God and to give thanks. Would you take time to just stop and say, God, what is there around me that I should be amazed at? What should I be amazed at? if you will give thanks there'll be an opportunity for you to operate in the supernatural when you're not even aware at the concert Friday night and I don't know how many of you were any of you here some of you were it was a great concert but one of the things that really um, talked to me God will open doors for you to serve when you're not aware Caroline a year and a half ago we were in Panera Bread. And there was two, a couple and a guy sitting over there talking and they sounded like Christians. And, and I, had, I just felt like I needed to go over to the table. And I don't often do that. I mean, when I go in to eat, I just, we're just there to hang out. And, but I felt constrained, compelled. You ever have that sense? And so I walked over to the table, introduced myself And I said, I'm a pastor, and this guy had been a pastor, and this guy had been a pastor. One was retired, and the other, his wife was dying of cancer. And We talked a little bit and stood there in Panera and joined hands and prayed together. I don't care what anybody else thought, but it was a moment where I felt like God was moving. And he said, now watch, he said to me, I just want you to know that about a week ago, I was driving back from the hospital after seeing my wife. This was pre-COVID. Seeing my wife in the hospital and I drove by your church. What are the odds that I'm standing there at their table in that moment? And he said, your sign said, in everything, give thanks. And I thought, God, I don't want to give thanks. But the Spirit of God spoke to me. And that sign ministered to me. And I've thought numerous times, I should just stop in and tell you that. But I didn't know who you were or when you'd be there or whether I should do that. So God sent me to his table. And we prayed together. And seven days later, his wife passed. And I heard the rest of that story friday night at the concert when he came up to tell me the story and talk to me was that anything i had done no i was just an ignorant tool i just ended up in the right place but if you'll develop a thankful heart you will operate in the supernatural even when you're not aware and if you'll develop a thankful heart you'll be able to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God that will let people free. We've learned to be thankful for the things that we should be thankful for, the obvious. Maybe we need to grow a little bit and be thankful when there's nothing natural to be thankful for. When we observe the ways of God, when we operate in spiritual gifts, when we offer ourselves in ministry, What might happen if we became a people who gave thanks and lived in thanksgiving the way that Jesus did? Would you stand with me this morning? And let's take a moment to worship God. And I just I'm just gonna ask you to ask him to stretch your capacity to be thankful. Not perfection, but God, wherever I am right now, would you stretch my capacity to be thankful? i was thankful no one would ever feel unappreciated but if you serve in order to be appreciated you'll miss the blessing of serving him I can't do it so that someone will say thank you and in that moment and probably how many of you have ever felt that you sacrificed and the person you sacrificed for or the people or the group didn't appreciate what you had given let me see your hands that's going to be all of us in those moments nobody appreciates what I do the disciples didn't even understand what he was doing but if you can give thanks vertically God will create healing horizontally it will release the power of God so we come into this week and let's be thankful and ask God to stretch our capacity for Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you love Jesus, let me hear your hands this morning. If you'd like to be a home group leader or want more information, our connect groups. If you want to be a connect group leader, um, you can see Pastor Kevin. You can go to the kiosk. You can sign up today. We'd love to get you on board with our next trimester of Connect Groups. Amen. God bless you. Shake someone's hand. Tell them something you're thankful for.